age the tequila a little bit before Wemby can be an excellent tequila. Right, Zaslow? I mean, I had an embarrassing incident locally one time with Bam Adebayo where I asked him, what's his drink of choice? Like, yeah, I'm only 19. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, let's not do that. Well, that was a smart answer by him because he could have just answered the question. He probably knew. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. That is the voice of Jonathan Zaslow. He is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Amber Wilson alongside. You can find me at Amber W Sports. You can find him as well at Zaslow Show. Tonight, we got a big one in Thursday Night Football in the NFL. Bengals Ravens will be kicking off in just over 10 minutes from now. We will keep you updated on that action throughout. But let's bring in some help breaking it down from a betting perspective. Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst, one of the best in the biz. And Anita, as always, thanks so much for your time. The Ravens are favored by three in this one, according to ESPN bet. What are you doing with it? Yeah, I'm glad that it's finally come down to three. Uh, I, I can't stand the hook. I just, I can't stand playing minus three and a half, minus seven and a half. I love getting the plus but not the minus. So I, I've been waiting for it to go down to three. If it wasn't down to three by kickoff, I probably would have spent the extra money to buy it down. So it's great that it's down to three. Probably my favorite play here is the Ravens team total over. Uh, and not sure what that is at the moment. Uh, I, last I looked, it was 23 and a half. I would play it all the way up to 24 and a half. Uh, I think this is a Ravens team that could put some points on the board against Cincinnati. Um, you know, they have had their way against Cincinnati in that defense for quite a while now. And one thing about the Ravens, the way that they respond after a disappointing loss, and it was a shocking loss last week to, to Cleveland, considering they were up 31-17 with 10 minutes left, I think the Ravens are going to respond aggressively tonight. And the thing about them is now with Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator, uh, now you can see Lamar Jackson is having a lot of success passing the football And, boy, I'm really excited to see this rookie, Keaton Mitchell, perform tonight. Head coach John Harbaugh came out this week and said uh, he's just been so impressive the last two weeks with a limited amount of carries. The the, the young man is averaging 14. Can we marinate in this for a minute? Could you imagine? 14 yards per carry. And so, yeah, heck yeah, the, the, the rookie needs and deserves more playing time and more touches. So, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I've got a, a number of prop bets I can share with you as well, and obviously I've got quite a few with his name on it as well. Anita, we'll, we'll get to those prop bets in a second here. Outside a gambling perspective, do you do you feel like one team needs this game more than the other? I mean, the Bengals coming off of a, a brutal loss last weekend. The Ravens, same thing, big-time AFC North matchup. Do you feel like one team needs it a little bit more than the other? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Cincinnati needs it. That's for sure. Cincinnati loses this. Uh, Dunzo. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, anyone could argue that Cincinnati is the best team in this division. Um, and I listen to you, and I think you can make a solid argument about it. Unfortunately, uh, they started off not so great because Joe Burrow had that calf injury, right? So, um, and this is a much more competitive AFC North. So, if there was a team that needed it more, needs it more tonight, it's Cincinnati, that's for sure. Um, I think the Ravens win this division, and I think the sneaky good play here as well, guys, and I've talked about this on, on ESPN Bet for a good few weeks now, 
and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I know that they're winning ugly. You know, there hasn't been one game that they have put up more yards than their opponent, but their defense is so opportunistic, and they just capitalize on turnovers, and uh, they don't turn the ball over much themselves. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Again, they're not a pretty team to watch, and I'm sure that, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans want to pull their hair out uh, each and every game. But I, and and you look at their schedule, they're kind of middle of the pack. I want to say remaining, they have like the 17th most difficult schedule remaining, so not so difficult. Um, And right now, you can get it at eight to one, nine to one that they make it, they make the playoffs, and, and I believe that they do. Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian with Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Uh, since we're talking about that division, Anita, and we'll get back to Bengals-Ravens in just a moment, but since you brought up that division, what are we doing with the Browns now that there's no Deshaun Watson and they're going to have a rookie in Dorian Thompson-Robinson at the uh, at the quarterback position moving forward? Yeah, I mean, guys, I don't know about you. Like, I'll use the word shock. Like, what are you doing rolling with a rookie? In DTR, and and don't get me wrong, I liked him coming out of UCLA. I think he's got a bright future in the NFL. I think he's going to be good. But, like, he only has 44 dropbacks. Um, He's got, you know, he's got, in those 44 dropbacks, uh, he's got three interceptions. You're talking about a Cleveland Browns team that arguably has the best defense in the NFL. Uh, Their bread and butter is, is rushing the football but you're going to put this team and the probability and the likeliness of making it into the postseason in the hands of a rookie, I, I don't get it. I, I, I just, like, is, is it worth picking up the phone and calling Tom Brady and just being like, <laughs> hey, are you bored yet? Like, like what? You know, um, I just don't understand. Uh, th- this is a Cleveland Browns team. They, they have to go 4-4 four and four in order to make it to the playoffs. I've got them winning maybe two more games if they're rolling with a rookie. So I'm fading Cleveland right now. Again, I'll use the word shock. I'm just shocked as good as this defense is and where they are, where they have positioned themselves already. I, I, I can't believe they're doing this. All right, Anita, I want to play some last-minute props for tonight's game. What do you got for us? Yeah, so first things first, as I said, uh, Cincinnati, their defense 30th against the pass and they are the worst defense against opposing tight ends. So if you have Mark Andrews on your fantasy team, God bless you. Uh, He should put up some big numbers for you tonight. So I like over four and a half receptions, over the receiving yards for him as well tonight. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., not 100%, hasn't been all season long, no surprise here. So uh, you have Bateman, who has stepped up, and he's getting 24% of the target share. So I like Bateman overs in regard to, to receptions and receiving yards as well. And last but not least, man, again, Keaton Mitchell. I'm more excited to see this young man play tonight probably than anything else. He's so explosive. He's so fun. For any dude to average 14 yards per carry is just ridiculous. So I like over rushing yards for him. And also probably my favorite, my best bet tonight is longest rush of 14, over 14 and a half yards. So his longest run over under, and I'm going to go over 14 and a half because he's so explosive. Also, the Cincinnati Bengals giving up the most explosive plays in the air and on the ground this season. So this really sets up perfectly for him. 
We're not going to have a chance, Anita, to talk to you before Monday. You got Eagles Chiefs on Monday night football. What do you like about that one? Yeah, listen, um, for everybody out there who's thinking about gambling this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, bad weather conditions across the country, okay, across the country. So with that being said, Kansas City is going to be affected here. So Kansas City uh, and the Eagles, dare I say, the under? I am. I'm saying it for a few reasons. Number one, supposed to be very cold, possibly snow showers, and wind gusts up to 20 to 25 miles per hour. The Eagles can run the football. Kansas City's defense is very good, but they're susceptible to the run. So I see the Eagles running the football, eating up time of possession, and as great as this Kansas City offense has been, number one in dropsies. They have 24 drop passes, and that's in good weather conditions. So now you're talking about bad weather conditions. I see a lot of three-and-out, three-and-out punting for Kansas City. My play there on Monday night is the under. Anita Marks, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Thanks so much, Anita. Thanks, Anita. Absolutely. Always, always fun with you guys on Thursday night. Enjoy the game. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian's Oslo filling in for Ian tonight. Which one of the starting quarterbacks from tonight's game would you rather have as your quarterback Ooh. on your team? We will get into that next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Zaslow is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Yeah. And though, for those of you who don't know, Zaslow and I hosted a local show together in Miami for many years. When did we start working together? Like 2015, maybe? 16. Early 16. 16. Okay. So it's been, I'm bad at math, what, seven years that we've been doing uh, this radio yeah. thing together? Yeah, well, so? 16, 16 to 20. 20 is a round number. That's four years. We're in year 2023, <laughs> so add three. Like, yeah, seven years. That's how you do it. That's math. That's seven years. It. There you go. I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't break out your fingers and start counting there. So didn't roughly seven years. So during this seven years of, of friendship that Zazo and I have developed from doing radio shows together during this time, at some point – he roped me into a fantasy football league. Okay. Oh my god! And this fantasy football league, like I, I, I owe, I owe you apologies. Consists, you really do. Consists of a bunch of, essentially, a lot of media members, right? From the local media people. Yeah. Well, they were all local to Miami at one point. Now, kind of spread across the country, and 
I'm in this league against my will because Zaslow claims it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Since that time, Zaslow has I, 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 don't, I don't know why you're league. saying that. I mean, he I claim that it's the, the greatest league. thing ever. He has left the league. He defected right. from the league this past yep. season because he two, two seasons ago. Two. Two. Right. Because he had I had, had enough. Out. He had had enough. He had to get out because the rules Terrible of this league. league are absolutely infuriating. Terrible. So now I'm just hanging out in this league that I never wanted yeah. to be in because I got roped into being in this league. And yeah, I'm rules. like, I'm, I'm your wingman. You know, I brought you in. I'm your wingman. And, <laughs> and I, I, I dipped. I just right. left you at the bar at 2 right. a.m. all by with, yourself. You left me with the, you know, not so cutie, you know. You, with, the, like, with the fatties. Yes. Yeah, that's who you left me with, okay? That's who you left me with. And so now I'm stuck, and I'm in this conversation, and I don't want to be in terrible. it. Terrible. And it's all sorts of terrible. So tonight... I just went to set my lineup. Now, given this is bad on me, because I always forget to set my lineup until, you know, three minutes before Thursday night football kicks off. That's just always weird like, to me, people like that who, who forget to set their lineup. Amber, I've been doing fantasy football for, for like 25 years. I'm, I'm on my fantasy football lineup several times a day. I, I, Every day I, of the week. I, I'm never, I, never rem- I do not remember to set it often. Okay, it's so a major part week, of my life. Last week... Was it last week? Patrick Mahomes was on a bye, and I needed to yeah. start Dak Prescott, who's on my bench. And Dak Prescott ended up going off and getting like a thousand Great points. Game. And by the way, he was on my bench, and I still had Mahomes starting, who was on a bye. Didn't go so well it. for me. So that was problematic. This week, I just tried to set my lineup about ten minutes ago. So this game had not had not kicked off yet. I have the Patriots right. defense, but inexplicably, I have another defense on my bench, which I realize is a really stupid move in fantasy football. And by the way, that defense is the Ravens, and it was too close to kick time in this stupid fantasy football league that you roped me into, and I could not move the defenses. So now I'm starting the Patriots defense, which is on a bye instead of the Ravens defense this week because you roped me into the stupid league, and well, I'm at the bar talking to the fans. No, no, no. I, the reason you're in the league is because I roped you into it. Yes, that is my fault. But you having you rostering two defenses and <laughs> starting the wrong one has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. Somehow it's your fault. I'm telling you, it's your fault. Also, auto draft's fault because I went to sleep <laughs> during the draft. Uh, you know, and you're, you know, another defense. I got to tell you something. You're a little bit of a trash owner. Can we be <laughs> honest here? All Very the much. things you're saying, right? Now, you're kind of a trash owner. Beyond a trash owner, I'm hoping they kick me out of this league. But I yeah, that's what that's what you're going for because you don't have the guts <laughs> to do what I did, which is just See, and and here was, and this was my exit where you have that you have the you have the group chat you know you have the the text thread and and you know how good I felt when I exited that text chat which was the bane of my existence all of those years the fact that I knew it showed up on everyone's screen and it said. Jonathan Zaslow has left the group. Oh, I mean, what a moment. I think you did that before you defected from the league. You just left the group chat one day. We all got a notification that you had left the group chat one day. That's right. By the way, I tried to quit this league after you quit this league, and they said, no, we can't have an uneven number of people because they brought somebody in to replace you. So they told me no. I had to get out. I tried. 
I can't get off the island. Hammer and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are playing football right now on your television sets in Thursday night football. Let's talk about these two quarterbacks, Zaslow. Which one of them would you rather, if you had to choose between these two, the answer is not to a Dolphins fan. Which one of these two guys would you want on your team? I mean, you're asking me, like, do you want the filet or do you want the porterhouse? You know, these are these are amazing options. They're, they're two quarterbacks who have both been, neither has won, but both have been to the Super Bowl. Guys have, they've both proven to you that they could win in big spots. It's, and at the same time, I, I, I don't think I have a great reason for taking one over the other. Gun to my head, which would be so mean to put a gun to my head when we're just talking about stupid football, you know. <laughs> but gun to my head, I, I go with Burrow. I just feel I, I, have it, I have a sense of if I'm late in the game and, and, and we're down by four, which guy, do I, which guy do I trust more? And it's really not even so much which guy do I trust to take me down the field. It's which guy do I trust not to make the mistake. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. And not that Lamar Jackson's mistake prone, but the guy that I trust to not make the mistake in that spot, I lean toward Joe Burrow. And let's be honest here. Like I said, you're choosing between filet mignon and, and porterhouse. Like they're, they're so yummy. Oh my god, it tastes so good. Also but, filet mignon, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. Uh, that's, that's such a bougie correction. How do you take so, your steak? Um, medium. If I get filet, medium for sure. Medium oh, for sure. Well, you could tell me rare. Medium rare. Medium oh, rare no, 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 or rare. No, 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 I can't do. I can't do rare. I can't right. do rare. Well, Come I won't on. be seen with you anytime soon. So, with these two quarterbacks, you're absolutely right. Though we're talking about two excellent quarterbacks that anybody would want on their team. It's parsing hairs when you pull the numbers. It really is. Most of Joe Burrow's numbers are a little bit better than Lamar Jackson's. Lamar Jackson sample Lamar size Jackson had much the longer. two monster years. Two monster years. Well, and Lamar Jackson, he's played in 80 games in his career versus Joe Burrow's 51. So we've seen more of Lamar Jackson, of course. Lamar Jackson has an MVP on his record, so that's hugely helpful. You mentioned there the couple spectacular years from Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow, of course, though, also has had spectacular years. Both of these quarterbacks have had issues with durability both of these quarterbacks at time we have had some issues with protecting the football Joe Burrow though career yardage almost 14,000 yards which by the way matches nearly matches Lamar Jackson's and again Lamar Jackson has played a lot more football in the NFL than Joe Burrow it's kind of like that across the board completion percentage higher for Burrow than for Lamar Jackson about four percent higher for Joe Burrow I think I would go that's a lot I think overall when I pull the numbers and when I pull even average you know touchdowns per game I think it's one almost two touchdowns per game versus 1.4 for Lamar Jackson. Pulling now, also, all the don't numbers. forget you got to don't forget though you got to mention like Lamar Jackson also in those two monster years he's over a thousand yards rushing 
in right. each of those years. That's true. He's got true. a couple of the years where he ran for seven, 800 yards. And not that Joe Burrow's not mobile, but because he is, but you, you got to make sure you mention Lamar Jackson's a major part of the game. Well, and that's in that, and those, right, those yards, those passing yards, certainly. You're right. There's a caveat there. Joe Burrow is a mobile quarterback in his own right, but he ain't. Lamar Jackson in terms of the running ability, especially the way Lamar used to play the game. I'm still probably going Burrow, but I'm kind of like you. I don't have like a real good sense of it because I feel like they're both excellent quarterbacks and I couldn't go wrong either way. Well, and you know what I think part it's, it's interesting that you said there that it's been a while since we've seen that from Lamar Jackson. Like, those two monster years he had, I believe it was 2019 and 2020. 2019, so it's been a f- MVP, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, so it, it's been a few years since he's had the, that monster year. Burrow, we're, we're getting the same years year after year. Like, I feel like we know what we're getting. We're getting a really good quarterback, and we're getting that production year after year. We haven't seen that huge statistical year from Lamar Jackson in a few years now. Not really sure why. Uh, I don't know why either. I, well, injuries also part of that because injuries certainly have plagued him here the last few seasons, but also Joe Burrow as well. By the way, there was a scary moment in this game. Mark Andrews was injured. He did walk off the field on his own, but with a bunch of trainers around him, it looked like a lower leg injury. We'll keep you updated on this game. We will also, coming up next, get back to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day, another update on the Michigan sign-stealing scandal. This time we get a little resolution at least in the sense of the suspension that was handed down by the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh has accepted the suspension. The University of Michigan has accepted the suspension. Of course, we're already partway through the suspension, but now they've accepted it. They're not going to go to court tomorrow. They had a scheduled hearing tomorrow to try to pursue a restraining order, a temporary restraining order. Instead, they are just going to accept the next two games of suspension where Harbaugh will not be coaching on the field during those games. He will be coaching, of course, all week preparing for those games. But let's bring in some help with the conversation for all things college football. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for night tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Heather Dinich on the phone line joining us, ESPN senior writer. And Heather, of course, the hardest working mom, I think, maybe in our entire industry because Heather, I follow you on Instagram and I always marvel at your schedule and I know you have the three kids and here's what I respect. You never miss a workout, Heather. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know how you do well, it. I don't know about you never. never. You, you, I hardly ever see you miss a workout. I, I appreciate the dedication. I truly do. Uh, when it comes to Michigan, the dedication there is now that they have decided to be dedicated to the play on the field and get back to worrying about that. They are accepting mm-hmm. this suspension. What do you make of the way that Michigan handled this whole thing? Well, it, it was a turn from the way they initially started this conversation, which was they came out swinging and ready to fight back at all costs with this. And that changed abruptly today as to why I think part of that can be read between the lines a little bit in the way that the case was dismissed, which in legalese was with prejudice, which means that the judge did determine some things in the facts and it was determined that Michigan can't file this again. So take from that what you will. Okay. In terms of the information that was there, Michigan would have had to prove that they could win this case in court and by it being dismissed with prejudice, it would at least indicate that that wouldn't have happened. So we'll start there. But the second part of it, And the bigger picture, the more important thing is that the Big Ten has agreed to let the NCAA continue its normal process. This was the whole crux of the argument to begin with. Michigan arguing, let the NCAA's process play out and the Big Ten saying, well, hold on, wait a minute. You violated our sportsmanship policy by violating a rule and doing in-person scouting. Now, if there's something that the NCAA discovers during the course of its investigation, the Big Ten has reserved the right to do more if it needs to. But as we sit here right now, the league is not actively looking at any evidence. Heather, what did you make of the league acting so quick with their punishment up against people who will say things like, you know, Michigan uh, deserves due process and you're coming out with this punishment too early. What did you make of the Big Ten's decision to come out with their punishment when they did? What do you think the strategy there was? Well, it was certainly very polarizing because whether you're a fan um, or just following this casually wherever it might be, there are two sides to this. And the Big Ten side, to answer your question, was they felt they had enough evidence to prove that Michigan broke the rule, which is why they issued the suspension. And they issued it now at this point in the season because the violations occurred during this season. In fact, the Big Ten in their report said that this wasn't just this year. This was a systemic issue that had gone on for multiple years. And so they said, we're going to punish you guys now because it happened now. It happened during this season. But I do think that Michigan has a point when it says it opens a dangerous precedent because my question just following this is, will other coaches and athletic directors in other conferences across the country see this and say, oh, this can happen. So we're going to go ahead and have a call with our commissioner because we think school X broke this rule and here's our, all of our evidence. And we don't want to wait three years for the NCAA to make a decision. So that's one of the things that I'm most curious about is if other conferences throughout the country see how this played out and try to take a similar tactic because everyone knows how slow the NCAA moves. 
Heather, you had a fun tweet today where you were talking about how you just learned what dismissed with prejudice means, which, by the way, you gave an excellent <laughs> an, an excellent uh, briefing of everything that just happened there when you were explaining it. And you said, can I please get a temporary restraining order on the temporary restraining order? You mentioned you feel like you need a law degree now to cover college football. I'm a lawyer. And so I was tickled pink by this because, <laughs> frankly... The way things are going with college ball, and and we'll get into James Madison and Jacksonville State and the Pac-12 and everything else, there's legal issues permeating all the way throughout, which I love. I mean, the lawyer nerd in me absolutely loves it, but it does make your job a little bit more complicated, I'd imagine. A lot more complicated. It truly reminds me of 2020, the COVID-19 season, when I first heard what a PCR test was. And I had to go on TV and explain, you know, Ryan Day and PCR, like all of it. Um, what? What is that? Nobody even knew what that was. Rapid test, PCR test, and I'm talking to doctors. Now I'm talking to lawyers. I'm just a sports writer, guys. Bring it down to my level. <laughs> well, we appreciate you parsing through all of it. But let's talk about the college football playoff rankings right now. Does this affect Michigan in any way? They've got Maryland this weekend. Obviously, Harbaugh will not be on the field for that one. They've got Ohio State after that. Harbaugh will not be on the field. How do we think this impacts things in terms of the college football playoff picture? And is the committee taking any of this into account? Well, they're taking into it. They're taking it into account in that they're aware of it, just like the whole rest of the world that follows college football. And what they do is they consider when a team is missing a star player or a coach for injury, suspension, illness, whatever it might be. That's not a hall pass to go lose a football game. So if Michigan were to lose to Ohio State, they would certainly consider the fact that Harbaugh wasn't on the sideline, and that would be part of their discussion. But it wouldn't be. The only part of it, how did they lose? How much better was Ohio State? How, how convincing was the win? How did the game unfold? All of those questions play into it. But as they are judged on the field, they're judged, are you a top four team without Jim Harbaugh? Just like the question was, are you a top four team, Georgia, without your tight end, Brock Bowers, when he was injured? So it's not treated any differently than that. And that's why Michigan is sitting at number three again this week was because, yes, they went on the road and they got an important statement win at Penn State, but that's their only win to this point against the CFP Top 25 team. And Georgia and Ohio State both have better resumes at this point. Heather, it feels like we could be headed to a place of chaos when it comes to the college football playoff. Are we going to see chaos, and are you rooting for chaos? I am always rooting for chaos because it's so much fun and come on like we got to see the committee sweat there's been far too many years where it's been okay well you know like last year usc lost so ohio state's gonna get in we see how the story unfolds but yes it could certainly happen if these teams continue to win i've been covering the college football playoff for a decade and i cannot remember a year in which there are so many contenders, certainly so many undefeated teams. I reached out to our stats and information group and I said, hey guys, am I crazy or is this really the case? And they said, yes, there's twice as many teams right now in week 12 that have at least a 33% chance to win the playoff than there were a year ago. The most it's been in at least five years. So there are more teams. There are more teams in the mix. It's fun. And as long as they continue to win, more things can happen. But if they lose, 
there can also be some chaos because we keep talking about that head-to-head between Alabama and Texas. Well, if Texas loses or anybody else wins the Big 12, they're out of this thing. And if Georgia beats Alabama, they're probably out of this thing. So then it's moot, and that's the one scenario where Alabama and Texas aren't being talked about anymore in CFP. Heather Dinich, ESPN senior writer, joining us here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Heather, what did you make of the situation with James Madison? The NCAA denied the postseason eligibility waiver for James Madison for Jacksonville State University. The attorney general in Virginia is all angry about it now. They've hired a firm to try to go after the NCAA on behalf of James Madison. What have you made about the whole situation as it pertains to that and the reaction? I, I just as a person following this and watching this, it makes no sense to me. And this is the kind of thing that drives people bananas about the NCAA. When you need to have multiple committees making a decision like this, when the, the problem that nobody's able to answer to me is why? Why not? So let, let them play. Who cares? They're 10 and all. They're undefeated. What's the big deal? I, that's the kind of thing that drives me nuts about policy and all this red tape and just let them play just let them play but they can't be ranked by the college football playoff selection committee if they're not eligible to play in a bowl game so that's where it is that is where it is and apparently that's where it is going to stay a lot of people upset about that decision from the ncaa but not the first decision uh, that a lot of people have been upset about from the ncaa heather dinich espn senior writer thanks heather thanks, thanks heather. guys I mean, it's such a it's such a shame, frankly, for James Madison. I always Zazzle, I always feel a little bit more understanding of sort of red tape and how difficult things are when there's a lot of rules in place. Like people always want to have the common sense argument, which I do understand. And in this situation, you wish that these governing bodies and I am not defending the NCAA. OK, but I do think sometimes people oversimplify it where you wish that these governing bodies and these organizations could just, you know, make exceptions for rules and then just apply common sense in every scenario and bada bing, bada boom. Obviously, there were reasons that the rules were created to begin with. And in most cases, they probably made some sense. And it's a shame. Well, what here. was the reason that a team that moves to FBS has to sit out? What, what so, is what the actual reason? I think as I understand it, I think the concept behind the rule is that you, for the first couple years, you're playing like a mixed schedule, essentially, and that there's some growing pains there then going up to, you know, D1 or, or FBS, right? So the process, I think these rules exist back, you know, kind of in the D1 and, and, and D whatever, double two days and whatever it was. So I think that the idea was that you weren't playing all FBS teams. So you weren't playing all D1 competition. And so if you didn't beat all D1 competition, then you shouldn't be competing in the postseason, for D1. Like, I think that was the initial inception of the rule, unless I'm wrong there in making that up. I don't know. But that's, that was my understanding of sort of the basis of the rule and why they initially came up with it, which you could understand that making some sense, right? It doesn't apply to James Madison because James Madison has sped that process along and they played a bunch of bonafide competition and they are undefeated and they deserve to be in a postseason and they deserve to be able to compete in their conference. Yeah, like why that. wouldn't the rule then be as long as, you know, we, we will look past the rule if you're not playing any 
you know, teams that aren't FBS. Because that's not the rule. So this is the, I, this seems to be the, like a problem that I feel like I see over and over again with the NCAA, where these rules are created. And I actually don't think the rules at their inception are probably as crazy as people think they are, right? There's initial reasons for them. And then the yep. applicability of the rule over time tends to be archaic it or nonsense. Archaic, yeah. And the problem is there's there seems to be no caveats in these rules or no outs, like no means for them to then kind of circumvent the rule and just quote unquote apply common sense. And I feel like that's where the NCAA has missed up so many times because a lot of a lot of kind of governing legislative bodies, whatever you want to call it in that scenario, would have outs, right? They'd have, wait, well, you know, this exception or that exception over time and, and that you'd have a means for addressing that. And it seems like the NCAA doesn't. So then they apply all these rules that no longer make sense right. and they can't just override the rule apparently in real time. Like there's some other right. process they have to do to get rid of that rule and it wouldn't happen in time for James Madison. I don't know. The NCAA often appears, frankly, to be out to lunch. And it just kind of seems like the whole system (laughs) needs a revamping. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, is Bill Belichick a Hollywood type of guy? We'll get into that. Is Bill Belichick headed to warmer weather? Jonathan Zaslow, does he strike you as a Hollywood kind of guy? Zaslow filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. By the way, the Ravens are up right now on the Bengals 7-3. to Mark Andrews, he went down with an ankle injury. He walked off the field with help from trainers. He is questionable to return. We will continue to keep you updated on this game as there's about 2 minutes and 47 seconds left in the first quarter. But let's get back to old Bill Belichick because his season – has gone a lot worse than the two teams, frankly, playing Thursday night football at the moment. I love it. I and love his future, it. his future in New England is now up for debate. And there's some school of thought out there, Zaslow, that he might be headed to Hollywood, that the Los Angeles Chargers right now are leading the way as the favorites to land Mr. Bill Belichick. Yeah, like it's one of those deals that, you know, obviously we could talk about the Charger part, but. The not being the coach of the Patriots after this year, it's one of those situations where I believe it when I see it, right? It feels, I mean, look, Brady, they, you know, Brady left, and certainly there's going to be a day where Belichick is no longer the coach of the Patriots, but it's one of those, it it just feels like I'll believe it when I see it. I I have a hard time believing that either Belichick is going to resign or Kraft is going to make the move, even though it certainly looks like it's headed in that direction. They're terrible. They're terrible. He's done such a poor job constructing this team, and certainly a scenario doesn't exist where you can strip him of his power as general manager and he's only going to coach, and now he has to report to another general manager. I mean, that's it. Belichick would be insulted, rightfully so or not rightfully so, with that whole scenario. Like that, that situation does not exist. It's, it's. I have a hard time believing it till it actually happens that he's not going to coach the Patriots anymore. Even though 
I, 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 I feel like he's not going to coach the Patriots next year. But I have such a hard time believing until it actually happens, if that makes sense. That scenario should exist. Now, whether I could see Bill Belichick allowing it to exist, I do think that there is no a world where somebody could recognize, hey, the personnel on this team isn't where I want it to be. I'm getting older. I love coaching. I'm going to go ahead and hand that responsibility to somebody that I pick. I pick them. So I'm not actually feeling like, hey, I relinquish my control to a boss, but I pick them and then I work alongside of them. But I don't feel like they're over me in the ranks. I mean, there are scenarios that could exist like that. I just don't know if Bill Belichick is going to allow that scenario to exist. Frankly, I think that would be best case scenario for the New England Patriots. Gary Myers on X on Twitter is the one that put this out. He claims to have a well-placed source who believes that the Chargers are the favorite for Bill Belichick in 2024. He treated out the reasons as excellent quarterback team ready to win. Belichick likes California and the beach. Who doesn't? He said that he, that the source shot down Gary Myers theory of Belichick to the Cowboys. uh, And basically he went on to say a whole lot of other stuff and the reasons why and yada, yada, but basically I don't think the Cowboys a good fit anyway. I I, I think, I, I mean, Look, if you're Jerry Jones and Belichick is interested in coaching you, I, I, I guess you would do it. But Jerry Jones likes the coach that he can control, and, right. and you're not going to control Bill Belichick. Well, right, and they're going to butt ahead, so obviously over, over that control aspect at the top over personnel decisions, they're both going to want to be in control from that perspective. I don't, know under, I don't understand the Chargers, though, from the perspective of the ownership not exactly ponying up money for big-named coaches, right? Like the reason- Thought of as a little bit thrifty. Uh, that, yeah, I'm trying to, how do I say it gently? The owners of the Los Angeles chargers are sort of notoriously cheap. And I would imagine Bill Belichick ain't going to become on the chief. I feel like the way that I said it was nicer than what yeah, you just did. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I said it very nicely. I think I failed at my goal of saying it nicely. It's just a reality of it. I can't, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine them paying it's true, though. for Bill Belichick, even though from a fit a schematic perspective and a quarterback. And yeah, I can imagine Bill wanting to work with Justin Herbert. And I can imagine wanting to live in California when you're in your seventies. Sure. That all sounds great. Yeah. You've revamped that defense. Fine. But the ownership has to pay Bill Belichick. And I would imagine he's going to command a pretty penny. He has to go to a place that is ready to win. You know, he's showing you now it's 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 one thing to make a good team great. It's another thing to make a team that does not have a good roster competitive, and he's not been able to do that with the Patriots. We'd have to go to a team that is ready to win, and you have the whole winning another Super Bowl without Brady. Brady's always going to have that now over Belichick, but I, I I think it's more important for him to get the wins. He's 16 wins away from tying Don Shula all-time regular season and postseason victories for the all-time mark. And I I think we all know that that's a really important mark for him. And if you go to a team that's ready-made and certainly is ready-made to win in the regular season, like a team like the Chargers, that part of it sounds like a good fit. But I think think the money part of it certainly could play a very big role, like you said. The money part of it might not be as much of an issue for the Las Vegas Raiders. I have a hard time seeing Bill there, and then also a quarterback problem there again as well moving forward. And if you're Bill Belichick, I don't know if you want to find yourself in another situation. Well, that's true. Reunited with Garoppolo, who can't stay healthy. Coming up next, a totally original segment we call Big Deal or Not a Big Deal.